Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 328 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, aka the Wrestling Nomad, today on this very special Halloween edition. To my left, you may know him as the head football coach of West Virginia University. His name is Dana Holgerson. He's got a Red Bull. He's got a headset. He's got a visor, a custom visor. Yeah, custom. His name is also Stephen Kyle Brackey. And to my right, the fake wrestling nomad, <laughs> Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr. And yes, this is an authentic um, wrestling nomad Halloween costume. I have a Baltimore hat. I don't know if this is the Baltimore County Orioles or the Baltimore City Orioles. Regardless, it is Maryland. I have the flowing nomad locks, which don't do it do his hair any justice, but I'm doing my best. I have the classic Nomad chin hair, a quarter zip, and what you can't see is I've got classic Nomad khakis, the black ASIC shoes with dress socks, and I come with accessories as well. If you're not watching the video, you're really playing yourself. I've got the toothbrush and toothpaste because Nomad brings this everywhere. Mm-hmm. He just always has toothbrush and toothpaste at the ready. He brings it to work. He doesn't care. And when we first met this little guy, he walked around with his phone with the charger plugged in all the time because basically he had a not portable phone. He had to have <laughs> it plugged in at all times. So this is an homage and the American pop socket thing on the back of the phone. So very excited to how, be the rest of the How do you think he did, No Man? I'm just worried that he's going to get lice from that 1970s wig he's got on. I bought it yesterday. It's clean. It's funny, though. There was so much hair on it. My wife had to give the wig a hair. She like it took like thirty minutes to get it. Otherwise, the hat wouldn't fit on top of it. Your wife gave the wig a haircut. Yeah, while okay. I was wearing it, <laughs> it was it was an interesting night. The things we do for love, guys. Okay, uh. enough, enough, Willie. Would you drop it? Can you focus on wrestling for once? We just. It's a great Orioles hat, by the way. It is great. I get. I bought All Willie time. a hat like this because he asked for it and he never wore it. So that was. That's fake news. I've worn. I've worn it. Several Has times. anyone ever seen Willie wear that hat? Classic Yankees fan wearing Cla- an Orioles hat. No one's ever seen you wear it. Um, One sec. <laughs> Willie's got to go take care of the dogs. He literally has the Yankee stuff behind. Like <laughs> no, if says, you're watching the video, it's yes. Final X and it's Marines. Oh dang it! Nice try. <laughs> Nomad. Oh snap! Now he's wrestling Nomad too. Oh, Willie man. just put on the same hat. Big That's ha- awesome. Big hat guys. You today. just made my day, Willie. All right, brother, fits perfectly. So here's what happened. A whole heck of a lot. Super 32 in the books. Maybe the toughest Super 32 ever. It had 
and maybe we'll we'll get to Super 32 in a little bit, but we'll talk about the plot Kennedy match. The one, I won't say the one time, but the match absolutely delivered. It was the best potential final of Super 32. Both guys made it, and not only was it a great match, it was, I mean, you, you came away super impressed with both guys. But we'll talk about that later. We got to put a bow on the World Championships and kind of look like we we're going to finish on a major down because Greco, but Adam Kuhn to the rescue kind of had a little something, right? Made it happen, pins his way to the finals, and uh, ends up silver to Semenov, who is must be an absolute monster because he bombed Kuhn twice in ways physics had ruled out completely <laughs> that being possible. They're like, no, you can't do it. We've run the numbers. We tried it. He even ran the own numbers um, at Michigan during his aerospace nautical whatever major. They said, I can't be thrown like this. And this guy said, I will throw you. And he Th threw him twice. That's what I was saying on Twitter. They're like, Kuhn uses his aerospace brain to figure out the maximum angle at which to launch people, which got him to the finals. But apparently, his Semenov also, comrade uh, Cosmonaut Semenov, yeah. sent him in orbit. His own math came up and uh, bit him. But Adam Kuhn makes, uh, makes the finals, so that's good. But other than that, uh, nine other Greco competitors with a combined two wins, we think? Uh, they went three, three and nine. Three and nine. Okay, so which means most of our guys lost to a guy that didn't make the finals. Correct. Uh, so a, a down perform not a down, I mean, it's kind of, you could kind of sort of say. This is what's been happening. This is what's been happening with Greco. So the biggest news, or I guess the thing that people were talking about, was the Jesse Thielke interview where he pulled no punches. Now, j to be fair, this is not new for Thielke to, you know, say what he say what's on his mind, right? That's that's nothing new. But he said he was extremely critical of the training. He said training was awful. He was critical that they had been training with their competitors. I don't know if we have the clip. If we do, yeah, let's uh, let's play the Jesse Thielke interview. Some of it. How was the training? Leading up the summer and training camps, uh, you know. We've been here for 25 days, so awful. Okay. This could be bad radio, so <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll just talk over it. Um, so Thielke is like, camp, but we were here the training was terrible. Well, he said, you know, they, we he said, what do you, um, I, I was training, and he said, well, we were Not here for 25 days. In world, in my opinion. Um, yeah, so he's right critical of how long they were there. He's critical that they were training with their competitors. He's he was critical that they focus on strength and conditioning and not wrestling. And basically, it's like, like shot fired after shots fired at Matt Lindland, the head coach of, of USA Greco. And I, I would have loved to hear Lindland's response to it. And no one really asked him about it. In two interviews I heard, no one was like, hey, Thielke said this. How do you respond to that? Would have loved if someone had. Um, I think that's a question Lindland should have to answer. And especially given their results. And here's the something he probably wants to answer, too. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. Uh, Lindland's very candid. Mm -hmm. So th that happens. And really, I don't know. It. The one guy that's kind of that's on the Greco scene that makes the team is kind of the one guy that's not at all in the USA Greco system. He wrestled folk style this year. He tried to make both world teams. He's you know not at the at Northern Michigan. He's not at the OTC. He's just you know he made the team. So he's not committed to wrestling Greco full time. You heard yeah. him in the interview. He I think still wants to wrestle both. Yeah. Um, so it, it's like 
can even though it's a medal and it's the first time we made a final since 2009, which is amazing. It's like I don't know if Linlin can really attach himself to that victory um, as much as if someone like um, I don't know Ellis Kamal or, or Kamal, yeah. yeah, someone that's there under his um, purview more. Yeah, you know, even at Super 32, there were uh, a great number of people that would come up to me. Not a great number, but several people came up, and I'm sure they came up to Nomad too, and they said, "What do you think about the Greco performance? What do you think about you know?" Is the, is there going to be a coaching change there? What are they going to do? What can they change? Uh, and some people would say, you know, do you think that you think that the Coon thing helped, you know, maybe, you know, stop some changes or like calm some people down about the bad performance? I don't know. I don't know how much you can take credit for the Coon thing, right? Yeah, that's that's my point. It's like, well, it's good. I mean, it's better than him going 0-1, right? But at the yeah. same time, it's like, man, he's... He's the antithesis of the the thing you preach, which is like a Greco focus and come to the OTC or go to Northern Michigan, right? It's like this is not the path that Linland has laid out for Gre- Greco success, and the guy that's outside that path is the only guy that's getting a medal. So problematic, and yeah, I I think yeah, if if there's I don't know if there's even a consideration for a coaching change. I I have no idea. I I don't think I don't know how much a coaching change fixes the Greco problem in America. Um, yeah, I don't know either. But what I do know is that uh, if this was a pro franchise, it would be it would be heavily discussed because you have <clears throat> Tilkey saying that you know, he he's not he doesn't like the training and you've had Lindland in the past say, you know, that the there's questionable culture. I, um, I, th- I, I, I think the word you just used there, culture, is potentially very appropriate. I don't think there's a I, good cr- culture within Greco. Right? I don't think there is either. I think a lot of these guys, um, and they, they'll probably come at me, but I think a lot of them are uh, immature. Yeah, I don't know if it's that. Um, but I, I've just, I remember last year especially, a lot of excuses after losses. Blaming refs, blaming this, blaming that. And Thielke, his his candor is appreciated and potentially necessary. Yet, at the same time, and, and he he owned, like, hey, I didn't do enough to lose or to, to win. Like, he kind of owned that. But it's all, you know, there's also some accountability on him. And the question that should have been asked of Jesse is this. Did you, did you specifically address your issues with Coach Linland, with the coaching staff? That needed asked because that's the most important thing. Because if Jesse Thilke is raising his hand frequently and saying, hey, why are we doing this? Why is this happening? Why? And 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 Lindland's saying, train hard, do strength and condition, do what I say. Uh, okay. But if he's, if he's sitting on this and he's just kind of holding back, and I don't think that Jesse probably does because, as I've mentioned, he's a candid guy. Yeah. But we don't know the answer. So if he just sits on this, he's like, all right, I'm going nuclear now that it's over. That would be not accountable on his part. And that's like, you had, I, I just believe in owning the solution, right? Don't say, well, he's the coach. We got to do what he says, even if I think it's stupid. You're, you, as the, as the athlete, <clears throat> it's within your purview to make the choices that you think are, are necessary and challenge the coaches if you think they're not setting you up to win. Um, so yeah, I, I and so that's a question I would love to have answered. 
One of the things. So that was Greco. That was Greco. <laughs> one of the things. So it, it's always touchy when you're like talking about should there be a change in coaching, right? Because then you're you're asking about another man's job, right? But some of the things that that are kind of stick out to me. Half this team had junior world medals, and half. Yes. Whoa. Thielke, <clears throat> excuse me, Thielke, Ellis Coleman, Kamal Bay, Jangelo Hancock, Adam Kuhn. Yep. So there has been success at the age level, and there has been success the last three years at the Junior World Championships. So you can say that there are things happening in the pipeline at the developmental age level that are not being carried over to the senior world to the senior level at at the world level. Yeah. Uh, they they've had success going overseas and having tournaments during the season, which is something and is valuable and, and points to there being some level of um, in, increased competency there. And especially when a guy like uh, Hancock pins Alex Sanyan during the year, again, did that matter at the world championships? Absolutely not. But that was a big moment for Greco this year. Uh, but when half the team wins junior world medal and then only one of those guys can go on and do it at the senior level, that's a little yeah. concerning. Yeah, but no, man. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yes, that's concerning. What is, but what is also concerning, um, is 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 that it wasn't just that it was only Kuhn that went on and did something. It was that nobody won a freaking match. Yes, you know, many of them we, went zero and one. We can't even win matches. Yeah, yeah. So, and the only person that did win matches was a guy that doesn't even train it. And with that, about the, the match-winning thing, so the the few matches I was able to see before I left Super 32, uh, something that American Greco fans complain about a lot is that when we go overseas, Americans get put down first. And the matches that I saw, we were getting guys put down first. We were taking the lead, not just on the, the passive point, but then getting guts and scoring on top and then still losing. So that's a whatever tactical conditioning thing so that was really concerning i mean it was good to see that first part but then bad to see the 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 losing the lead we did score points you know i I mean if if i don't know if that's like kissing your sister like we scored points and losses but at least at least we scored points well it's certainly better than not i guess right so that's greco i i don't know if there's gonna be any changes i have no inclination if that's gonna happen but Certainly not the performance, and especially, you know, USA uh, – or men's freestyle second, women's third. It sticks out by comparison now, whereas, you know, year, a couple of years ago, it was like, well, we kind of weren't really good at any of them. Now we're really good at two. Uh, women's freestyle the most consistent. You know, we're on the podium basically the last five or so years, I think I saw. Yeah, the last, like, six years we've been <clears throat> in the top three. Yeah, phenomenal. So they're doing, they're doing outstanding. Um, so, yeah, that's Greco. Greco is done. Worlds is done. We had the most uh, world medals ever for Team USA across all three styles, so that's very good. Okay, next topic. Let's get to some Super 32. Um, There's a lot of matches. There's a lot of finals, so we're going to have to stay somewhat high level here. But I think you you have to start with 170 pounds, Dustin Plott versus Patrick Kennedy. Fire match, 16-12 final. Plot comes out early, two takedowns, no problem. It looks like this could get ugly. And you see Kennedy get a reversal at the end of the first. It kind of said, all right, all right, wait, hold on. This is going to be a match. Yeah, I thought that 
I thought the same thing, Chris. Uh, I thought, oh, clean. This is. I mean, it's clean. And, and it wasn't just the way that uh, it wasn't just that he took him down twice. It was the ease in which he took him down. Yep. And that that reversal at the end of the first period kind of. I don't know. It was kind of. Uh, it wasn't really indicative of what was going on, kind of. Right. But then, but then Kennedy fought back. I mean, it was really uh, a close match. I think it might have been tied in the third period. I'll tell you. Both looked a little tired at points. Both did look a little tired, and Kennedy's usually Kennedy usually owns the third period, so I thought he was going to, you know, come back and steal it. But um, I think the thing to take away with this is just impressed by both guys. Yeah, very impressive performance from both. And, you know, it delivered, as, as we said. We hyped it up and uh, ended up being an awesome match. And probably one we won't see in college, as you can see, Plot's really tall. He could be up at 74, 84 before it's all done. And uh, Kennedy's at probably a 65. Uh, yeah, 65. Yeah, told that, um, told that Kennedy would wrestle 74 kilograms next year at juniors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's 163 and plot probably 84 in college. But it's always great when you have, you know, an Okie State recruit and an Iowa recruit and they're both ranked top five and and you're excited for it. And then they put up that many points and look impressive. Christian, did you – I thought it was crazy how clean Plot's shots were and his finishes. Yeah. I mean, Nomad has his little conversion things. I mean, he – he gets the leg, he's fish. He just has a great angle. By the time he gets in, there's no sprawling. Um, shoulders in tight. There's not, nowhere for him to go. And man, that that's one thing that bodes particularly well for him moving forward. The ease in which he finishes. It's not that he's it's actually we're crediting the finish, but it's actually it's his not, yeah. it's his penetration. Yeah. It's, it's not the finish. It's <clears throat> it's the, the technique on the shot that means you don't really have to finish because you're in so deep. Precisely. So, yeah, that's that's always going to translate well. Um, yeah, excited to see what he becomes in the future. Kind of been a revelation since, like, I guess at Vegas, he turned some heads. He messed up Caleb Romero. That's when he got on. I'm, I'm always a little later to the high school guys because I'm more D1 focused. But that was, like, a revelation to me and then had an eye on him ever since. And kind of puts Karchla in perspective a little bit, too. Uh, yeah, Karchla went 10-0 over him at uh, Fargo. That was Plot's only loss. Right. Um, so, yeah. so uh, what, uh, what other finals? Who impressed you, Christian? You guys at Absolutely. Home? Without question, mind blown how good uh, Dylan D'Amelio is. I mean, oh, I had no, had no idea. I, like, been, And he's been someone that's been on my radar for a while because he made a, a cadet world team, what was it, three years ago now? And he was fifth. And I was like, okay, this guy... Yeah, kind of had a nice draw. He's he's a little scrapper. He's, he's a tough dude. He is legit. He's gonna be a good D1 wrestler. I think he wrestles really hard. I think he's smart. Um, he's good in all three positions. I think, man, you got to be excited when he were committed to the Buckeyes. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. We'll see when he gets in the lineup. Now I'm like, this guy's definitely gonna be a, a, a key starter for for them and. Uh, you know, seeing him handle Bo Bartley, he handled him. He he went after him the whole time. Frequent shot. He's a little quicker to the leg than I remember. Um, yes, absolutely. I, I feel you just have to be so excited if you're a Dylan D'Amelio fan or Ohio State fan. Yeah, he, he's always been a guy. Um, well, when he was at 106, 
he was ranked pretty high. Like he might have been first at some point, but you know, then he, as he started growing, he was always a guy that was like seventh or eighth. Yeah. And he was he was a good solid wrestler that wasn't too flashy, just good fundamentals. Exactly. You know? And he goes to he he commits to Ohio State, and I'm like, dang, I'm like, D'Amelio is probably a starter at. 75 of the 77 programs, but I don't know how he's going to get in that lineup. Um, you know, and then he like kind of transformed himself. He ju- he jumped levels, and now it's like, okay, he's going to get in somehow, and he's going to be a force. Yeah, he's going to be tough. I don't know if he's yeah you know, NCAA champion, but I'm I'm s- certain he can be uh, earn All American status and be a good starter for the Buckeyes uh, moving forward. If you know he's a 32 now, hypothesize he's a he's going to hold that, you know, if he gets up into the 41, that's when it maybe gets a little dicey when you've got, you know, Decatur's going to be in the mix. You got, uh, Quinn Kinner, but, uh, these things always have a way of working themselves out. And, and the guys that work hard and are focused, like Dylan Demille, he's a 4.0 well, kid. It, it's, yeah, it's going to work he's out. He's a great kid from a great family. Yeah. So you know he's going to stay the course. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what, what can you say about Richie figs? Richard Figueroa is like, you know what? Why don't I go thirteen? I mean, I I just, I just like his mentality. I love that he's seeking out the challenges. I love that, um, you know, I didn't know if he could beat Greg, but he runs through the tournament, gets there five four, needed a, a late score, and where where I felt like, and I think you guys mentioned on the broadcast, kind of felt <laughs> like Greg was just kind of hanging on doing the. Not, I don't want to say gaming it, but but playing more of the chess match than the go get the next point, put it away, and yeah, one mistake and Figueroa capitalized on it. Yeah, and definitely in that situation, he was kind of. I mean, I thought he was playing it smart. He just made a mistake by, you know, I mean, Richie capitalized on his leg being there, on his on his uh, ankle sticking out. But, um, you know, Richie said that it was wasn't told like the Thursday. Or, or the Friday morning of weigh-in that he decided, ah, let's just go 113 for the challenge. And uh, I thought, you know, I, I thought he could beat Greg. I wouldn't have picked it. I would probably pick Greg. But it's even more of a challenge that he, he went through the whole bracket, right? Like yeah. wrestling up a weight, there's always – while you could beat the best guy there, there's always the gauntlet you got to run through to get there against bigger guys. And so it, it was true. It was really impressive. He wasn't <clears throat> really challenged by anyone up until the finals, and he wrestled some really good guys. And again, the the cross pick, like seeing the creativity, the Richie Figs was a very very good freshman last year, and then he <clears throat> came to Akron and we saw that the kid can teleport to legs at will and is really creative on top and in scrambles. And now he has jumped to him and him and Facundo are like clearly the two best kids in that class of 2021. Mm -hmm. And you win Akron and you win super 32 in the same year. And in between that, you get a cadet world medal and you bump up a way to do it and wrestle the guy who just looked, just looked awesome at who's number one. Yeah. Richie figs is, uh, well, gonna be problems. You know, and I hope he stays up at 113 actually for the whole year. Jacob Decatur was the Iron Man champ. Um, Greg Greg Diakamahalis was number the one Akron runner up or the Akron third at the next highest weight up. Um, 
So, you know, he's beating good kids, and he's beating good kids at, at two weights. Um, I'll tell you who I was impressed with. This is the biggest surprise to me of the whole tournament. It was Lucas Burt. Yeah. Uh, in the same vein as uh, D'Amelio, good wrestler, six or uh, seven or eight in the country. Okay, good wrestler. Maryland got a good guy. I thought he looked elite. I For thought he sure. looked like a 125 pounder in college. That's good. Really good weight good too. The <clears throat> he he was another one that like so his dad talks to us a lot of tournaments and he I, I love when dads have the perspective of like thank you for picking against me not in the sense of being a jerk but like like it really woke Lucas up and he said you know he was having problems with the weight or like not eating right and then all of a sudden it was weights right focus doing the right things and you saw like the optimized version of bird and and even the guy he wrestled in the finals latona latona also kind of uh showed a version of himself that we'd never seen before so those yes, two guys you, you you get them jumping up and and i've been very critical of this 2019 class um a whole lot but looking at how they did at super 32 it's like they're clearly coming into their own and showing things that we either had never seen before out of them or are seeing for the first time. Cool. Yeah. So yep, there, I mean, there's there, there's two of them. There's well, we just talked about three seniors that um, jumped levels. You know. All right. The uh, there's a high school stalling catastrophe looming, according to the, the doc, and based on the video that Willie showed, um, it is potentially true. But there is a very easy course to avoid <clears throat> this meteor on a collision course for Earth. And we don't have to send Bruce Willis or Ben Affleck into space to solve this problem. No, you know, it doesn't have to come to that because Bruce ultimately gave his life for the sake of the world. Um, so hopefully it doesn't come to that because all you need to do, do this in college, do this in high school, put in the step out. You solve everything with a step out. It's all you need to fix all these problems, all the subjectivity of allowing the guy back in bounds when the only reason he's out of bounds is because he backed up there. So you're creating a scoring opportunity, high school wrestling refs and, and D1 refs, you're creating a scoring opportunity by allowing a guy to back up to the edge, and then if the guy doesn't give him a written invitation to get back to the center of the mat that he just avoided, I'm getting penalized for that. It makes no sense. It's against everything that the sport is supposed to represent and value. And the fact that this is getting written into the rules, and not just NCAA now, but also high school, is so backwards. We already saw this. We already saw this, right? Yeah. And, and um, I honestly didn't know that they put it in the high school rules. I didn't they either. They put it in the high school rules this year. And – we already saw college do this, and it's already a disaster. And me and Christian already had a show on this where we, you know, told you it was going to be a disaster. And at the college level, it's not a disaster, but it is completely inconsistent. They put ambiguous rules in. I mean, they even came out with a video that contradicted itself on the edge stalling. Yeah. Is this guy stalling? Is that guy stalling? Is the guy who shoots you out stalling? It's the guy who circles out stalling. You don't know. And the refs don't know. And so I saw this. Caitlin, can you play the clip of... Uh, the stalling. Anderson stalling. Stalling, yeah. 
Okay. Yes. Yeah, push, yeah out. push out. And so, um, I saw this, and people thought I was like talking about well, the match itself, so, but I'm there. talking about what this might symbolize. Where's Cam Amin going right now? Look, he backed straight out of bounds. He backed straight out. I, I, right? What's what's Anderson to do there? I'm talking about what that might symbolize for this season if they're going to call it that way. Um, oh, Iron I Man's going to be interesting. Okay, so that so that ref, he works at HSCA's. His name's Dino. He's uh, he's a head ref at a lot of tournaments. Great guy. You could almost see the mechanizations going through. You know, okay, this is how they told us the new rules going to work, and I get that he's thinking these things through. But that's not stalling in any sense of the word. Not on red. And not so, on red. Certainly not. I, I can tell you that the the quarterfinal mat that I had, especially I don't know, probably four or five matches, stalling completely shifted the like the cadence of the match, and sometimes in the third period, late in the third period. Which is fine. It can do that, but it, it needs to be for the right things. It needs yeah. to be for inactivity on the part of one guy. Uh, now, in that particular match, right, Anderson had had the only takedown. He's moving forward. I, I don't know how you hit him there. I don't know how you hit him there. And um, so they put they put new language in the rule book that uh, pushing or pulling out of bounds. So I don't know how going into somebody isn't it at the same time isn't it the the, the blues uh, means job to circle back in yeah and, and that's that's where it gets stupid that's where it's like you're like anytime you have to prove intent literally someone's thought process you're you're screwing yourself okay it needs to be black and white okay whether guy's trying to circle in, how do you know if he's trying to circle back in how do you know well, how do you know i'm not letting them yes. in you cannot yes. you don't know the forces what what is being exerted and, and I, I, I'm, I am upset more with and people will say that oh I'm just ragging on officials. I'm not even ragging on the no. officials. Dino is a good ref. It is obvious that they're putting in these rules that are too hard for them to. You know they're putting in black and white. They're putting in black and white that this should be stalling, and then they're having a meeting before the tournament that says it should be emphasized. Hey, you got to start calling this. Yeah. Well, it's ambiguous, and it's stupid. Well, and and to to me, when the solution is so simple and black and white in our faces, and that folk style leadership just doesn't want to get on board and solve all these problems, they're going to solve so many problems with this if they just get on board with a step out. And I don't know if if you want to make a step out a straight point, if you want to make it an automatic stall warning. I don't really care about that. But there is it could just, the edge can be black and white. In that way, I don't know why they're avoiding it. They can solve a lot of problems and avoid this kind of ambiguity and these kind of Ryan Anderson stall calls, which are just egregious. So get it together. It's simple. NCAA leadership, do it. High school leadership, do it. It's going to be the best thing for the sport. It's going to help fans understand better. It's going to help out your help out the officials. For once, make a rule set. I mean, freestyle is tough <laughs> enough to officiate. But at least they have that in there that, that help them out. Help them out in folk style. Why, why 10, 12, 15 years ago did everybody know what stalling was and referees called stalling on top 
and referees called stalling on their feet, and you knew what it was, and everybody would go, everybody in the stands would go like this, and then it would get called, and now, 15, 20 years later, it's like, ah, I don't know what stalling is, the ref don't know what stalling is, nobody wants to call stalling. All right. So yeah, we fixed stalling. Just we just need people to listen more to us, and then yeah. we'll be good to go. I want to make uh, just one final point on Super Thirty Two. Really good to see um, girls bracket grew by thirty three percent, and there was a pretty big upset, or not upset, but uh, Amanda Walker beat a girl named Alexis Cepeda who moonwalked through toughest bracket in Fargo. So good on Super Thirty Two that they're doing that, <laughs> and um, also sounds like NHSCA is doing a girls division this year. Oh wow! Um, I think I think I heard that correctly. If not, don't. Don't hold me to it. Don't hold me to it. But uh, register. Good, uh, good, good there, and, and like uh, like Willie said, lot lots of good matches to uh, to go back and, and pour through. It's great to have uh, actual wrestling to talk about, right? Amen. And uh, speaking of, speaking yeah, of wrestling, weekend. speaking of wrestling, college season. We haven't even talked about college. What are we doing, guys? I'm not supposed to be the host of the show. We go 32 minutes without college. That's that's a dang coaching mistake. All right. It is the kickoff weekend, but it actually starts Thursday. Buffalo at Wisconsin, Northern Colorado at West Virginia. I will be there in Madtown. McDonough, Reader, Bono, get ready. It's coming. <laughs> um, two scrappy teams. I mean, Buffalo, Stutzman's guys always go hard. Um, we'll see what Wisconsin looks like. We don't know yet. Um, this will be the, our first look at that lineup, first look at Tristan Moran. We'll see the Wick brothers, et cetera. Should be a solid team. And then Northern Colorado at West Virginia. Um, Dana, are you started, going to the match? Started the Tim Flynn era. I'm not. I'm not. I wish I was. I got to be here in Austin uh, for the game this weekend. That's right. West Virginia's at Texas. That's right. Oh, snap. Is Texas back? Okay. Then we've no. got some opens as well. Clarion, Cowboy, and Dactronics. And Michigan. Is Michigan State this week? I don't know if we have it. I don't know if we have I it. Also, I also thought it was next week. It is this week, but it's up in the air. It's up okay. in the it's up in the air, but it'll still happen. The Go wrestling flip. matches still count. What do you mean? It's up in the air. Well, it's happening. It's just like, is it live on flow? Oh, 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 gotcha. Uh, so for Cowboy, there's an Aaron Brooks note. It the uh, Aaron Brooks, John Brooks said Aaron will be competing at Cowboy Open. Well, dag yeah. on, that's great. And usually, John doesn't say those things without them being true. So I'm. I'm going to believe he's wrestling the Cowboy Open this weekend, which is great. Until he doesn't win the Cowboy Open, I think he's in the Cowboy Open. Dactronics, Gable Stevenson, Minnesota, Nebraska. Gross. And what does that mean for – oh. Well, Gross. Gross Lezak? Oh, no, he's at the All-Star. Yeah. Daggone, double dang. People asked about um, some of the weights for, for All-Star, like uh, Gross, Tariq. What does that mean? I know that Gross – is just at 41 because the way the certification you're, you're only allowed to be so a certain weight by a certain time so he'll be 33 this year i think nc state literally tweeted that they would both actually be weighing in at like 34.2 or something oh like it's literally a certificate it's 100 percent certification they should, thing. they should just call it they should call this 133 and just put a little asterisk yeah or they should call the weight 133.4 if yeah. that's the weight they have to make plus plus two whatever yeah exactly so um, that's 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 actually be a pretty fire match because it certainly was, um, and then we're gonna also learn. Actually, I think I know, but Nick Suriano's weight. We'll know for sure. We'll know for sure. Yeah. But I think Nick, Nick's going thirty three definitely this weekend. In, in my opinion, he wrestled off at that weight. 
I think ultimately that's the way he's going to go. You never know. You can't rule anything out. Anthony Ashnault. Oh yeah, Schnalty's debut. So they've got a they've got a quad. They've got three duels, I guess. Yeah. Um, only one D one team. I yeah, think. Centenary, Johnston, Wales, Fresno State. Fresno. <laughs> Fresno's wrestle-offs were packed. I don't know if you guys saw videos of them. It did. It's like it they were crazy. stuffed in there. That's great. They love awesome. they love wrestling. Yeah, in, in the valley for wrestle-offs. Good on you. Okay, so and then we're gonna have Nomad, not me. <laughs> the fake Nomad is going to Maryland for the Ohio State Navy duel, which is live you on. You should have just wrestling. stayed up here, Nomad. Yeah. What day? Well, what day is Ohio State Navy? Saturday, the third. Oh and man! And your flight out Wednesday? Yeah. Oh, you gotta catch up All with right. some old friends. Yes. Oh, good. So yeah, Ohio State Navy. I'm. I'm. What I'm really looking forward to about that is every year Tom Ryan and, and a couple coaches do this, but Tom Ryan's been really good after the last few years of sending one of their you know one of their top guys, one of their senior leaders. This duel is at Miles Martin's old high school at at the McDonough School. And I've got a pretty good relationship with his high school coaches, so I'm hoping to kind of talk to them and get some stuff of Miles in his old high school room and hoping for for a good turnout because uh, it, it's actually kind of a little bit of a drive for Navy from Annapolis to Owings Mills. So, uh, But should be should be a good match, and we'll get, get our first look at Ohio State, get our first look at Navy. And, yeah. yeah, I'll be there. Well, we're glad of that. So exciting opening weekend. Um for college wrestling, much of it live on flowwrestling.org. Oh, <coughs> Northwestern at North Dakota State on Sunday, along with Dak. It's, it's a lot to keep up with, actually. We're gonna have to really, we're gonna have to have your head on a swivel there, Bracky. Yeah, I know. It's gonna be exciting. So I don't know what the top matchups. We'll get more to that maybe Thursday. What potential bouts we're we're most excited about, but it's gonna be be some great stuff. Um, Want to get to some questions from friends? Sure. Okay. Well, first of all, this is more not so much a question as a uh, d- please forgive us, Brad Cravens, because we basically said there's no way that Kyle Dake said he was three kilograms under. <laughs> the world. And he definitely did. He definitely said I'm three kilograms under. Now, that's with the two kilogram allowance, but that's what he said. So apologies to Brad Cravens. Um, we knew it was probably – Brad's a smart guy. We knew it was probably legit, but – just didn't really we make had, sense. We hadn't heard it. Number one, we hadn't heard it. And number two, that's amazing. It's hard <laughs> to wrap your head around. Given, I mean, we're, talking, yeah. we're talking kilograms, not pounds. Yeah. I mean, he was seven under. Seven under, like who? <laughs> seven under, like. But this isn't a problem we have to come up with too much. So, yes, he, he is right. And uh, th- he said this is impressive on his part and leaves the option to win Worlds next year and not have to that big of a cut for 2020. You're right about that, Brad, but I just think the chess move for Dake is to come down in 2019. I think I think you can't let Burroughs sit out at the Olympic sure. trials. You've got it you have two shots to to make it so that Burroughs doesn't sit out at the the Olympic or you have one shot basically. And you know what else? Tell me. Kyle Dake, I mean Kyle Dake is on this thing he got injured and he had a moment where he was like, I am doing everything that I can to make it the most absolute, positively 
best case scenario for me, including wearing UV glasses, including <laughs> walking barefoot in the grass, including a filter on his phone, including functional patterns, he's going to want the best scenario, which includes seating for the Olympics. Yeah. Guys. I mean, that would be the pattern that I see. Book your flights now. U.S. Open is April 25th to the 27th. Burroughs for stake. Once again, just like 2017. Mm. Or set your alarm if you want. Once again, watch will live you pick? Flow. Will you pick against him? Will you pick against? Man, the king? I'm still pissed off about that because oh. you. I totally let you guys talk me into that because this is exactly what happened. Hold on, real quick, real quick. This is exactly what happened. For literally years, I was like, Kyle Dake will never beat Jordan Burroughs. I don't know why anyone assumes it's going to happen. Jordan Burroughs is the greatest American wrestler, basically since John Smith, and and. Every time I would ask guys in the office, I was like, why are you so excited about this match? Kyle Dake is going to lose once again. And they're like, because he can win. And then I was like, okay, I guess he can. And then the World Cup happened, and Jordan Burroughs said something about, I might not be as good as I once was. And I'm like, crap. He doesn't think he's as good as he once was. And then he won. And I was like, why did I do this? I never pick against Burroughs. I'm so angry. He's still as good once as he ever was, first of all. He is, but I literally let you guys who didn't even pick him influence me. It was so freaking stupid. It's a it's shots fired at your own resolve more than anything. Yeah, um, you should not be so easily influenced. What do you stick weak. to your guns, no bad? Yeah, stick it's to your guns. So annoying. So why are you annoyed <laughs> at us? You're annoyed at yourself? Because you guys, you were like, you made it sound like you were gonna pick him, and then you're like, yeah, bros. What do and you I'm like, <laughs> what do you care who we're gonna yeah, pick? I tricked you. Just pick who. Just um, pick oh, who you think's gonna win. Yeah, where's dude? I would be embarrassed to actually say that. Um, yeah. All right. So stupid. So <laughs> new Bros is gonna win. I picked a oh, pick. Oh, here we think. go. Oh, now he was right. After all, whatever. And then he took a picture with Bros afterwards, drinking, drinking champagne. champagne. Not Bros, of course. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. Will Iowa State be a top twenty team this year? I don't know. Man, no. Depends if uh, no top twenty is a pretty. It's not as high. It's possible. Two All Americans. Miklas and Carr. If Carr goes and yeah. Miklas, well, yeah, and winning a couple matches. You know, Austin how good Gomez. Parker going to be? How good Trudy? Uh, not Rudy. Uh, Austin Gomez going to be? Dude. Well, yeah. I guess I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I don't know. They if can show up in the rankings. Team. Absolutely. Twenty eight top. Yeah, it's like two AAs. Gwiz won NCAs. That was like literally the only <laughs> points, and they were like top twenty. Very Not true. that they're gonna have a champ, but if you have two guys that you know get fifth, that's like a champ. Fifth. McKinnon or Brock, I think is a tough matchup for for my Who guy Kate Brock. Um, Res. Um, Ect. He he has an he has a not safe for work or not safe for flow wrestling. Um, <laughs> Twitter is handle. boner a non is, is boner a bad word? <laughs> uh, <laughs> shut up, dude. All right, McKenna or Brock. This is a good question. It's the only reason I put it in there. Now, I'm going to start. If you start saying the bad names, I'm going to edit those out, <laughs> Willie. I love this matchup. I think I think you're going to be, dis- you're gonna be disappointed. I think you're going to be disappointed. McKenna's just going to shut it down, in my opinion. Yeah? Yep. That's what I think. I don't think Cade's going to get a whiff. I think it's going to be a... You're probably right. 3-2, two, 2-1. Two, I think McKenna could ride him. Um, and I'm Mr. Cade Brock. I'm the captain of the Cade Brock ship. However, I know him too well, and I think it's a really hard matchup for him. 
Mm, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go McKenna because he's so sound and he, I mean, he can score. I don't know. What is it? What is it about Cade Brock? Is it the aesthetics? Is it the way he moves and his? I I just love watching him. Yeah. Yes. I do too. That's 100 percent what it is. He he, when Cade Brock is doing Cade Brock things, it's one of the most fun things to watch in college wrestling. But Joey McKenna is better and has been better and probably will always be better. Wow. Yeah, I'm taking Mc, I'm I'm taking McKenna, but I I here's another reason why I'm interested in the match. Not just because I like watching Cade Brock wrestle, but because I have always been on the opinion that Cade was cutting too much weight at 33, and when he eventually goes up to 41, he's going to feel a whole lot better and going to do a whole lot better. And I don't know if it will occur in this match. McKenna's a tough matchup. But um, I'm, I'm excited for Cade's Brock's year at 41. All right. Is that, the, is that the best match on the card? Yes. Well, Gross Wilson. Gross Wilson, Gross Wilson will be better than that. Um, it was at NCAAs. Yeah, it was fire. Okay. Pops Redfoot. Does Ohio State spend too much time in the weight room? <laughs> Absolutely not. They no, just – they um, – about what would, what would you rather them be doing? Well, yeah, and here's the thing: no, they didn't beat Penn State. They probably had one of the top six or seven greatest NCAA wrestling teams of all time last year. Like they're doing really, really good. They're just going head up with a dynasty. No, they don't lift too many weights. Well, that that gets back to when we had the Burroughs discussion after Worlds. Like when you see someone get second. That you're not used to seeing a second, or see some, or in in Ohio State's case, when like they've been second and third a few years in a row, you're like, what's wrong with them? And it's like, I don't know. They're getting second and third and scoring 130 points. Is there really anything wrong with them? Yeah, it's like well, what, I don't even know what that means, though. Well, so I feel team, like a team gets second at NCAA's coming into a season when they you predicted them to get second, and I think it's a stupid. Well, word. I think Snyder. I think Snyder uh, is what prompted this because he's a prolific weightlifter. However, I'm pretty sure he does not he did his own strength training thing all through. He's always kind of done I read that it's actually in Dennis's article, I'm pretty sure, Willie, that uh I forget what he that was. His own yeah, he does his, he's kinda done his own thing in the weight room anyways. But yeah, weight weights are clearly an emphasis at Ohio State, but it doesn't have any negative impact. It doesn't as far. hurt their wrestling. Yeah, for sure. If if it's hurting their wrestling Imagine if they stopped lifting. You know what they should do? Stop lifting. <laughs> like Coach Ryan. The the whole time that Kyle Snyder was there. First, third, second, second. Yeah. What? Let's poke. Home. Okay. If he was just asking a question. Yeah. Don't come down on Pops <coughs> Redfoot. Respect your elders. He might be older than us. His name's Pops Redfoot, so he's probably old. Um, <laughs> why does All Star Classic have so few NCAA men's matches? Is it dying? I don't know. I don't think it's dying, but. It's definitely strange. That there's only like five or six D1 matches. I gotta think it's. I think I think it's coaches. They don't want to do. Yeah, that's yeah, and they're athletes as well. Uh, okay, how high could Richie Figs be in the pound for pound? Assuming he's going to make an appearance in it this week, he better. If I get him done, I mean, I got <laughs> pound for pound. I got pound for pound done already. I, <laughs> yeah, with the but the answers doing, there. Doing all the fourteen other weights is the issue, and getting them out this week. But I have I have figs at uh, fourteen. Okay. What? 
He's last place pound for pound. Interesting. The 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 thing that happens with this is Super 32 was loaded, but when you look at pound for pound, there was mm, five or six zero. of them there. Yeah. No, there's some of them there. I mean, zero at 113. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, assuming Zahid goes 86 for 2020, who you got between him and Taylor? DT. Um, even though Zahid has wrestled him tough before and actually had the lead on him two or three summers ago, but then David Taylor went, does what he does, came on crazy at the end, and I think he kind of blew him out. When Taylor smashed him in Midlands, that was top. Yeah. But every time they've wrestled either folk or free, Zahid has been very, very, very close to him in neutral. Yeah. And since that loss, Zahid really came – he jumped levels for yes. sure. So he's, he's, that's definitely a thing. But it's really tough after seeing what David just did. Uh, anything other than that. Okay. But yeah, Zahid's definitely amazing. Uh, top three guys, asks Manny Paulus. Top three guys over the last 10 years who were surprising NCAA champs. Maybe going to the tournament, he thought they were five or six, but they came out and won the bracket. Number one is Miles Martin for probably ever, the rest of our lives. <laughs> Number two uh, is maybe Mach 5. Yeah. Probably Machiavello. I think Mach over Miles. And maybe I'm biased because I knew Miles when he was younger. Like, I really thought Miles Martin was going to win an NCAA title when he was in high school. I just didn't think it was going to be as a true freshman. Dude, he was the 14 seed. That's what I'm yeah. I understand that, but I, I, in context of his whole career – I think Mach was way more surprising. No, I, I mean, he like Miles Martin was a blue chip. Machiavelli was not. Well, yeah, it's not. Worth but you got to take it in the context of the results of the season. Going into the bracket, right? Conferences get over. You start saying, "Oh, here's my picks to win it. This guy's going to place this. This guy's going to take this." Mm. I, I, we didn't. Nobody. My, Miles Martin was not supposed to win that tournament. B bottom line, going into NCAAs, um, the day before NCAA starts in, in Cleveland this year and the day before NCAA started in Madison Square Garden that year, you would have given a much higher probability for Michael Machiavelli to win NCAAs than Miles Martin going into that tournament the day before it started. Um, now, who's the third? Um, Darian. Cruz, yeah. I would say Cruz was pretty no random. No one was picking Darian to no win one, that bracket. No, definitely no one picked him. Um what, last 10 years, I mean, Jared King, is he still in that window? Because he definitely was random. Mm. And So he was the one seed, but he gets kind of forgotten a lot. Um, who to shelt? Yeah. Maybe that's just kind of like a post-haste. We don't think about how often he won. Sertzis had some rough moments, and he won. No, who to shelt was like he was like a top three guy, right? Yeah. He, I mean, he was one seed he was going the one in. Seed. Just, I feel what like we don't talk about Gillespie? it a lot. Uh, I feel like he was a top six seed. Um, was was that 2007, Nomad? Or 2008 yeah, with Gillespie? I'm still going back here. Good question. He's looking, uh, he didn't look top, at it. Top ten years, or last ten years always. <laughs> Quentin Wright was the nine seed when yeah. he won in 2011. Yeah, but at that, one of those years it was like, yeah, but he'll win it. No. Or, yeah, he'll make the finals. Not that year. But I, except for me, I've always believed in Quentin. So he we was all, on my fantasy team. I rode for him. Oh yeah, it's King. He was 12 seed. He was a 12. And that goes back to so the last 10 years goes back to 2009. So it's Stroud King. Yeah. Um, and there you have it. And there, there it is. Okay. No, no. Derek Moore. 
Yeah. Well, he was undefeated. He was? Yeah. He's undefeated. Well, what seed was he? That was also like 2006. And he was. What? He was the one or two seed for sure. Um, 2006 NCAA wrestling. I'll look it up. I think it was actually seven, but we'll look at six. It's probably. I'm probably I there was a Cali guy that. The, uh, again, the Derek Moore is like a career thing. He had never placed before and then went in and smashed up. Let's see. All right, I got the 2007, and we'll move on. We'll stop being derailed here. That was a right. 141, right? He was the two seed, and he tech followed the one seed. <laughs> smashed. So he was pretty, pretty, pretty good. So good that they dropped the program after that. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right. Um, what are your guilty pleasure wrestling moves? Asks Brock Desert at Successful Rant, the most uh, avid um, inquisitor. Guilty Let's pleasure start. wrestling. Moves. Yeah, a move. It's like it's trash, but you you use it. That's how I. That's how I'm defining it. Would what, what would uh? Here's someone go. Come on, Kyle. Are we talking about what we like or what we used to use? What you used to use. Like it's kind of trash, but you're good at it and it works. I headlocked people all the time. Oh, really? Like a head and arm? No, like they would, like they would shoot, and I would three quarter Nelson, push oh. their head down, uh -huh. and they'd get so you know they try to get their head up, and then they get their head up, and I smack them. Oh, like cross face throw kind of thing. That's what we called it. All right, that's a good one. I I, don't, I just I just shot singles and either I. Scored Seemed after like forty five seconds. Mr. Oh, well, yeah, I use I use the switch all the time. But that's <laughs> do you ever do like the crawling move. switch where you like kind of get some forward momentum, oh, then yeah. do a quick boom? Standing yeah. standing switch. I've probably done standing switch is beautiful because a kid's nose bounces off the mat. Standing Petersons are great. I love a splaydle. Um, you know, works on high school kids like every now and again. Just leave the leg out there. What's what was Kyle's, Mr. Fundamental? I'm trying to think. You had something. I don't know. Come on, dude. All right, this is whack. I'll think. I'll think. No, it's too late. Forget it. Um, Justin Jones, did Miles Amin immigrate to the Russian Rus Federation and take the name Sitikov? And there's a picture, and they look a lot alike. And Justin, the answer is yes. That, and Miles, that actual one's Cooperman. Where? Where's this picture? Oh yeah, it's Cooperman. It's in Twitter. Oh yeah, he looks like Cooperman. Yeah, okay, so Corey Cooperman. Either way, Team USA won 74 after all. Corey literally texted me, like, the day he got to to Budapest and said, I locked eyes with Sitikoff. He wouldn't look away because he saw himself. <laughs> like, I don't, I've always thought Sitikoff looked like Coop, but, yeah, he kind of looks like, I mean, a little bit. Um, Are you friends with him on Russian Facebook? <laughs> yeah, we talk we talk all the time. Nomad had Russian Facebook before he had rest, uh, real real Facebook. Yeah, it's good for that's following, accurate. It's which, good for following wrestling, which is the ultimate. I nomad think move. my favorite part about working here is that no one knows Nomad's real name. Literally, last week, <laughs> and uh, and and she works here. It doesn't matter what her name is. Um, she's like, she asked who? Uh, hey, who did this article? I want to ask him a question about it, like something with the formatting. I don't know something on that end. And I was like, ah, uh, that would be Nomad. And she's like, there's a little pause. She's like. What's his real name? <laughs> no one knows his real name. Nick Shank, Kyle's boss, didn't know his real name. Nope. Uh, a lot of people don't know his real name. One names. of the Bogarts didn't know his real name. Oh, yeah, Kyle Bogart. I said it to, to him. And Nobody could, knows who Kyle Bogart is, guys. 
Alright, we're just coming up with people we'll in the Google office it. that don't know Nomad's name. We're yeah. just using it as an example. And he's worked here, what, two years and change now? Yeah. Wow. They just know him as Nomad, everybody. Nomad. So, yeah. Wow, Willie really ruined that. He ruins, he's kind of a ruiner, deep down. Alright, it's 8.55, we could have five minutes of free time. Um, it's a little outside time. Well, a- anything else before we questions. go? Any other questions I missed that you were excited about? Oh, any thought to doing a weekly video segment that sends Nomad to Carver Hawkeye to cheer for the visiting team. <laughs> I think this is great content. Like, I do too. If he, especially for Lehigh, because he's kind of a, you know, his dad went to Lehigh. He's a, he's a Lehigh guy. It's um, the equivalent of, like, sending him out there with a, a piece of raw meat around his neck in the woods. <laughs> I think you know? we should. They're just going to attack him. This is that's a great content opportunity. It's, it'll be a little pricey because it's not that cheap to get to uh, Cedar Rapids Airport, but I'd also ask for a worth it. Carver ice cream voucher. You need a voucher. Well, I'm I'm your connect on all va- all things voucher. Correct. So no, you don't get the voucher. You're cheering for the other team. Yeah, you don't. No, bring your own ice cream, <laughs> and then security's gonna bust B- you. BYOIC. Yeah. No, so that's a that's a pretty dang good idea. Um. Right. Oh, did you uh, did you want to talk about the thing Lemon Pie emailed us? I don't know what it, no, yes. Did you not read it? No, <laughs> I didn't read it, but if if it's good, I'm trying to put it in here. Willie, did you read it? Yeah. Was that I a, mean, here's, no, here's the thing. Oh, it's, just, uh, it, it's not complicated. Wrestling does a t- horrible job of keeping stats. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know how to solve it because it, it, basically the way you solve it is each team needs a statistician that is reporting to some larger database. Uh, there could be some really cool stuff you could do with data in terms of what moves are scoring, when guys are scoring, blah, blah, blah. But we don't have any of it. As, as an example, and I know this is like NBA versus college wrestling, but uh, Kirk Goldsberry, the guy who does the, these insane stat articles for ESPN, wrote an article mm, two weeks ago, and it was called Every Shot LeBron Has Ever Taken in the NBA. <laughs> and it was where exactly where it was on the court and the, broken down by all quarters and if like there was a tan in his, and just like everything you could ask for. And it's like no. yeah, I bet yeah. if every shot he needs to he needs therapy. <laughs> yeah, it says thousands of shots and it's like of course you know, if if we had motion data on things like yeah, if we could catalog every time that Jason Nolf took a lefty single, if we could catalog every time that uh, what was NATO's shooting percentage when he didn't take a high crotch? Like, yeah, that would be amazing. But man, wrestling is so not close. Right I mean, now. that's great if you guys do. If you think that's valuable, I want. I just want. How many takedowns did the guy score? How many escapes? How many reversals? How many falls? Uh, I want reporting for everybody. I want to do fantasy. fantasy it would. Wrestling. I mean, that would be much easier. To his point, it would be pretty cool. I mean, we'd know every NFL or college quarterback's pass completion percentage. It would be nice to know, like, uh, percentage of shots guys are convert- converting on. That that That's why people are asking me when I put that, like, plot thing out last night. They're like, how did you do that? I said I'd watch the match, scrub through till there was a shot, rewind it, pause until, like, identify the time of shot, identify the time of takedown. But – that's a lot of man hours. You have to do that for, and that's why it's like basically I only do it for tournaments or like specific big matches. And in that case, he had six takedowns, so it was kind of justified. But it's like you have to sit there and do it. We need it. We need a flow wrestling stats information department. 
Yeah, it would. We need like ten people. Okay. Good job today, boys. Good job by you. Happy Tuesday. So I won't. I won't be here on Thursday. Dude. All right. So I was just thinking about that. I'm gonna. Good. Be, <laughs> I'm gonna be in Madison. We may need. Yeah. To, we may need to do some sort of. Uh, I don't know, Kyle. You might have to hold it down. Maybe I call in from Madison with Willie. Maybe Bono stops by. I don't know. I haven't even thought about it yet. We may have to problem solve. So what if we so just run the Lyle Style show? <laughs> I'll host it. <laughs> y'all Lyle need to Style. y'all need to get on the Lyle <laughs> Style show. It's a great yeah. show. I hope you guys. Listen. deep one. So many deep ones. My David brother Brain was on last time. About. Y'all know how that went. Uh, <laughs> go to YouTube and search a Lyle Style show. You will. You will never. You know what? We're gonna hurt our own business, but it's worth it because you won't want to watch FRL after you watch the Lyle Style show. <laughs> Um, so please watch it. The man with the most style. Caitlin, we are good to go if you want to play the outro music. Play um, us out. What does that mean? Play us out. What play does that mean? Out. What does that mean? Play us out. We'll do it live. We did Flow Wrestling Radio Live. We want to thank ASICs for their support. Flow Wrestling Radio Live. We wanna... I want to thank Christian for this Christmas present. You're, you're welcome, buddy. Anything for you. I'm glad to see you wear it. You had it right there ready to go. Still looks as good as the day I gave it to you. Three nomads. Three nomads, wow. It's not ready. It's, it's <laughs> definitely not. Happy Halloween. Be, be careful. Uh, if you have an eight-year-old that happens to like candy. I went back and re-listened to that segment where Willie is like incredulous <laughs> about kids uh, liking Halloween anymore. It was more audacious than anything you've ever said. I don't. Eh, all right. They like candy. I never got into it. I mean, you can purchase candy elsewhere, other places. Yes. All right. I can't even My go there. My kids ain't going. Kids I mean, they want candy. I'll give you them. don't they have They ain't kids. walking outside in the cold. They look stupid in costumes. All right. We're out. Thanks, Asics. We'll see you next time. Maybe Thursday. Maybe not. We'll all find out together. Later.